Welcome to the Think Data podcast, brought to you in partnership with DataWorks. If you want to stay up to date with the latest breakthroughs and trends in the world of data and artificial intelligence, and if you're curious about some of the strategies that companies and founders use to launch data and AI products, then you're in the right place. Our aim is to bring together a diverse lineup of fantastic guests, from the founders through to accomplished leaders and product owners at some of the most fascinating data and AI companies worldwide. They will each offer you their own unique insights into what it takes to launch and scale a great data business. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the episode. This is episode 27 of the Think Data podcast in partnership with DataWorks. And today I'm really pleased to welcome Amit Geiger to the show. Amit is the Senior Director of AI Product at Domino Data Lab and has a wealth of experience in product management, which has seen him work for the likes of Apple, Microsoft and Salesforce. Really good to kind of uh, have you back on the show today, Amit. And uh, Domino Data Lab, I know they, for many, may not have necessarily heard of them, but certainly for those in the know, would uh, recognize their brand, recognize their name, um, and kind of the waves that they're making within this kind of AI as a platform space. So would you mind kind of letting everyone on the show know who are Domino and how did you find yourself to be working for them, I guess? Sure. Yeah. Happy to. And um, thank you for having me in your podcast, Alex. Um, So I think to talk about Domino, let, let me start with a quote from one of our customers who said, I love Domino because it's built by data scientists for data scientists. Um, and I think essentially it's, it really reflects the vision of what we're trying to build at Domino. Um, we, it's an enterprise platform uh, for data scientists uh, to help build and operate AI at scale uh, we want to help the data scientists go faster. We want to help them build responsible AI, and we want to help them be cost efficient as well. Um, fundamentally, it's an open end-to-end MLOps platform. It's open in the sense that you can install any software that you want on Domino. Domino is actually um, a platform that you install on your cloud provider. It could be AWS, Azure, or Google Cloud. It can even be in your own data center. And we also uh, support multiple um, clouds together. So we have a multi-cloud and hybrid cloud supports that is native. Um, the beauty of Domino is it's a system of record. So we track any artifacts that are created in Domino with the lineage and we have a reproducibility engine that helps people recreate a model with the right code, with the right platform, and so on and so forth. Uh, We support most data, um, like data sources. Uh, We support most languages as well as most dev tools. So if you want to use Jupyter, if you want to use VS Code, if you want to use SAS, all of it will work uh, natively on Domino. And how I've ended up here is um, my manager, Chris Lauren, actually, uh, we used to work together uh, at Microsoft. Uh, he joined Domino and he he told me about the opportunity. And I had my 
because I, I was already working in the MLOps space uh, when Domino was created, uh, I looked at them as a competitor and um, I, I was really excited to, to be able to, to join them because I, I think the offering is very unique. Yeah, well, thanks for kind of bringing us you know, up to that. Because the thing, as I mentioned at the top, you obviously worked for the likes of Apple, Microsoft, Salesforce, these kind of large, in, in, in no certain terms, kind of big tech companies. And you joined, obviously, a relatively tiny business in Domino back in the day, even though we're just over a couple of years now. What, what was the kind of big... Uh, I know obviously your ex-manager went over there, but when you looked at the Domino Data Lab product, when you looked at what they're ultimately uh, looking to launch and deliver, what was the the main hook for you? Why I really felt comfortable joining Domino is uh, simply because they have 20% of Fortune 100 as their customer. Um, we have super healthy customer. And they, they really like us, um, have... Uh, you know, I shared the quotes um, where that customer said that they love Domino, but um, that feeling about being loved by your customer uh, when you have worked in very large enterprises is a bit uh, unique. So, so I was really excited to to look at the NPS uh, from Domino for more user. Like people are really, uh, if they are not madly in love with it, they are just kind of really liking it uh, and never below. So um, yeah, I, I guess the, the the type of customer we go after a large enterprise and how people feel about using our, our software really made me feel good about joining Domino. Interesting. And uh, it's funny you say about the kind of the NPS there, where obviously you come from those larger big tech players where so many more kind of customers, so much more feedback. And obviously the way that AI is evolving at this point, certainly from a from a platform, from a from as a service. Um, you know, I know Domino's kind of, as you rightly said, is kind of has the lion's share of the market, but with so many more companies and platforms being launched with with obviously quite deep pockets as well. How does Domino's platform and tech stack remain kind of ahead of the curve? Yeah, the, the, that's the million dollar question, literally. Um, because we are open at our core, uh, it, it means that our user can actually use whichever software they want to use. So right now, generative AI uh, is all rage. Uh, people want to use uh, LangChain, they want to use Llama Index, uh, they want to be able to connect to OpenAI or fine-tune their own um, Llama V2 models. Uh, all of this is possible on Domino, and we didn't have to do anything specific to enable this just because the platform is open. As long as you use Domino, uh, you have this reproducibility, you have the auditability, you have the security, the permissioning system. All of this is built into the platform. So for enterprise customers, they feel very good that their data scientists can do exploration uh, and use new tools without uh, risking the whole system. Um, so, so that's one way for us to stay ahead of the curve is just we are open. And we talk a lot with our customer and our user. And uh, we are ourselves data scientists as well. So we know how the market is evolving. We know what are the big trends. Uh, we are reading research papers that are being published on a weekly basis. So, so I think most of the team is able to see what's coming after the corner. Um, and, and we can just optimize for it. Our time to release a new feature is like a couple of months. 
if you compare that uh, with big company like uh, Microsoft or Salesforce and so on, the, the time to release is much longer because they have so much um, so much complexity in building the feature. For, for us, we can just go fast. So when we identify a new capability that is needed by our user, we can just see and think, how can we make it seamless for them? How can we really tie it super closely with the rest of the platform so that it's really available um, and delightful for them? And if you just think about the, the business model of Domino, we are not making money by uh, helping using compute or network or memory of any of that. We make money by selling seats. So for us, the delighting the data scientist is really the most critical uh, metric. Yeah, it's a really interesting point there. And I think where what I like to dig on is going fast, especially from a competition standpoint, when you obviously got those larger, bigger players, you, know, you referenced Microsoft there, which actually they're their time to adapt, react, and deploy new products is so much longer because of, I suppose, the size of the organization and the red tape. So when you've obviously come from a Microsoft and come into Domino, when you're taking kind of that feedback, you know, have you got kind of a, is there a lot of research being done or is it really kind of in the moment feedback from those engineers who are using the platform or, as you said, using those seats? then putting together those kind of those teams internally and then making those changes? Does, does there need to be kind of a certain amount of feedback before you will make changes or can you literally change things within reason overnight and start to tweak things accordingly? So, so it's a balance. Yeah. Um, our customer, enterprise customers, so they, they don't want us to, to change everything from one day to another. They, they like stability and uh, unpredictability uh, in what we are doing. And uh, we want to make sure that we invest our resources where we can have the most uh, value to our user, right? Because at the end of the day, there is nothing worse for, for a product team to spend time building a feature uh, that is not used. Um, so, so we try to get feedback from our user, obviously. We, we really try to, to see how we can help them the most, really help them add, and add value to them. And once we, we have a strong enough sense of, yes, here there is clearly a problem. It's a problem that generalizes nicely to, to our customer base. Let's invest and fix that problem. Uh, that, that's kind of how we are thinking about uh, prioritizing new products or new functionalities. That's really interesting. That also puts you in the uh, the driving seat. It's only ahead of those larger, kind of slower moving tech firms. And it's no surprise you guys have seen such kind of uh, rapid growth over the last couple of years. And I know obviously um, we talk about, you, you mentioned earlier about kind of, you know, you know, building new products, new enhancements, but equally there's a lot of talk at the moment around kind of privacy, ethics, model development, model deployment. How do Domino kind of address those considerations and internally, do you have kind of a separate team? Is that really factored into your product development roadmap? So for, for us, we are a platform who help our customer build AI. Yeah. And we want to make sure that we can help them build responsible AI. Yeah. Where we see responsible AI is um, in different aspects. There is an aspect of 
enforcing that some best practices are used uh, in your AI development. For example, is there bias in your data? Or did you remove anything that, that uh, did you remove anything that, that will have an unbalanced data sets? Uh, Domino project can be configured so that you you have these best practices that are part of the project itself. So any data scientist, uh, even if they are new to the company, will know what are the best practices uh, mm. to apply. So so that's the first thing. The, the second thing is um, we have a model registry with an approval process so we can our data scientists can bring in stakeholder in the approval uh, process when they have a new version of a model or a new model altogether. So now we can have um, a, a risk officer looking at uh, the model that is being registered and evaluating all the different metric uh, that, that was taken and they can even open the workspace and play with the model directly, look at the packages that were used uh, and, and really have this transparent, this transparent view of the model, how it was built, what data was used, uh, even on which environment and hardware uh, it, it was trained. So that's a second perspective from the responsible uh, AI. And then we really encourage our, our user to to try to go a bit um, beyond just building AI and not thinking about how they are using it, but, but really kind of provide them with documentation and information that may kind of trigger them to think about, okay, what's the societal impact of what we are building? Um, at the end of the day, we, uh, as I mentioned, we work with fairly large companies. Um, some of them are doing uh, pharma work. Some of them are more on the financial service side of the world. Um, but the cumulative impact that they have, uh, thanks to Domino, is huge. And um, yeah, I'm so, so proud of uh, everything that our customer are building with Domino. Well, it sounds it. I think what, what you've really seen, hammered home on this is that kind of community-driven kind of partnership model that you're effectively, whether that's meant to be the way, but what's what's coming through is how you're really trying to support those AI machine learning engineers, data scientists to really build the best possible products that they possibly can, but in the most ethically considered fashion. And I think that's, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. You, you, you focus so much on that. And I, mean, I know you've come from, which is quite rare to see a really strong technical AI data product background for a number of years now working for some large players. And there seems to have been a big increase in companies looking to hire kind of really strong, technically minded product people, but the, sometimes they get the building of the team bit wrong. With your experience and the companies you work for, first and foremost, what do you think makes a great data product? Yeah, that, that, that's a fascinating question. Really, uh, Andrew Eng said like d data is the, the new electricity, right? And data is where there is the value. Mm. Um, so I, I think really the a great data product will just give access to very unique data um, an ideal data product is the first one who is able to capture uh, data poor domains and use that data and enrich it and, and really make it um, so so then suddenly you can start making prediction uh, and here i'm thinking about things like um, protein folding and so on 
a customer keep all the data that they have uh, about protein, but by using this data, they are able to to make some more stable um, that, that support better temperature variation and so on. And, and this is really because they are able to enrich their data using AI and apply that learning to build new capabilities. That for me is where um, data product really becomes beautiful is where you, you start adding little bit of value, more value, and you have this virt virtuous circle where you add more and more value and you kind of create uh, eventually this uh, network of, uh, of this reaction chain of value uh, because you have captured some good data and are able to extract good understanding and patterns from it. Uh, so the continuous improvement is really um, critical if you want to to capture a great data product and build a great data product. And I'm guessing as well, and I suppose the second part of that question is around, you know, maximizing kind of the, the value of that data from, uh, you know, from, from the product team itself. And, you know, a lot of companies are trying to, which is refreshing, you know, are, are you know, really investing in dedicated artificial intelligence product teams, but what considerations do you think those companies should have before they try and build out that dedicated product function? So in my, I think so, some people will say uh, that as long as you have a strong product education, you, you can be and build a great product team for any domain. Um, I happen to not believe in that. Uh, I think you need deep technical expertise um, in, in domain like AI to be yeah. able to build products for your user. If you don't, otherwise you, you can't really build that empathy and you can't build that understanding of all the challenges they face. Um, so if I was creating a new uh, product team for data product, I would want to hire people who really understand what are the data scientists doing but also what are the user are doing with that data. If you don't have this subject matter expertise, it's really hard to build product in my opinion. I, I know it doesn't apply to all domain, but for, for domain uh, with like high technicality, I think it's really critical. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to agree. I've certainly seen that uh, increase in the demand for highly technical AI professionals within product as opposed to product people who have found themselves in AI. Um, you know, there's ultimately a difference between that classic kind of software engineering product lifecycle versus the artificial intelligence product lifecycle. But yeah, I think I'd have to completely agree with you. And I'm guessing for people trying to break into, maybe they're in a individual contributing technical role now, but they're looking transitioning into product. What steps do you think they should take? Ah, yeah, it's really a big challenge. Um, I, I'm actually coaching uh, a, a few people who are trying to do this transition. And, oh, interesting. Uh, oftentimes, the, and it's either product people who want to, um, to build their tech um, knowledge so, so they are trusted, or technical people who want to, to build their product knowledge. And uh, what I'm saying, most of the time, I think it's easier to do that transition directly within the company where you are working. So if you are an engineer, um, work with the product team and say, hey, can, can you give me a couple of projects that, that I can uh, help drive, maybe write the PRDs, go talk with customer and just build up that skill and that experience. Uh, 
Um, I'm a huge believer of uh, reading book, uh, listening to podcasts that really bring you more knowledge that you can try to apply then. And, and then it will build experience. Um, and this experience will eventually is going to be uh, what allow you to, to move more into that space. But so if you are somebody technical uh, who wants to become a product manager, build these skills of interviewing, of building hypotheses, of reading the market, uh, get really, find a, a subject where you are passionate about, where you will spend the hours reading the research paper and see where the market is going to be in a couple of years. Because uh, I, I really believe people who can see a bit further ahead uh, have a distinguished advantage uh, when building new product for the long term. Some really interesting, valuable points. And what I will do is after this is uh, is release, kind of just highlight some of those key points, because it's a question we get asked a lot. And the product space is is gathering a lot of interest, especially in those kind of zero to ones where companies are commercializing kind of data products more and more at the moment. It's uh, it's certainly a really interesting uh, interesting time. And uh, I know obviously you and obviously Domino have experienced kind of rapid growth. Um, and, you know, over the next kind of 12, 18 months, I know you can kind of only say so much, but what can those that are listening expect to see or hear on the platform? So um, generative AI uh, is, is a huge thing. Uh, we are talking with, it's the first time in my life actually where all my customer have adopted a new technology nearly as soon uh, as, as it became available. Mm. Uh, 100% of the CEO or CDO I'm talking with um, are pushing for generative AI in their company. And now every data scientist I'm speaking with uh, actually have some generative AI projects. So I'm really working closely with them to understand how Domino can help them and support them. Uh, what I've noticed already is like, Building prototype for generative AI is fairly easy, but going to production um, is where there, there is the biggest challenge. And um, Domino, we have really this unique position where we can really help um, transitioning from a prototype to going into production and serving large number of customers and doing that in a responsible and auditable way. Um, so, so we'll definitely uh, keep investing in that front. Um, and then we, we also um, will keep investing in our uh, Nexus offering, um, which is where we support this hybrid and multi-cloud. Uh, we have more and more customers now who are training their model maybe on their NVIDIA DGX box, um, like their own mini data center, and they do the training there, but then they want to deploy into different cloud, into different geographies, and uh, we we want to keep helping our user do that. Um, and, and Nexus is a great way for, for them to do it. So, so we'll keep investing there. And lastly, I think our domino-centric capability, which is really the, the responsible AI capabilities where we have um, the, the audit capabilities, the monitoring, the evaluation tools, all of this is really critical to our user. And I suspect we'll keep investing there too. Busy time, and I've got to ask on that Gen AI piece. And I know you're 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 so kind of well connected at a kind of exec level around kind of Gen AI, and it's, it's interesting you say if every customer 
is talking about it. Every customer's moving towards it. There's obviously a reason for that. But on the flip side, there's also a lot of generative AI startups that have come onto the market very quickly, or it seems very quickly over the last six, eight months, um, that all seem to be offering a similar type of solution, but just badged up with in a slightly different way. What's your kind of opinion of that space at the moment? Not necessarily from an internal enterprise use of Gen AI, but what I mean is from kind of uh, those companies that have come out as a generative AI kind of platform or a product. What's, what's your thoughts on that space right now? It's, so I 100% agree with you. It's a very uh, busy market. Uh, the, the landscape uh, for generative AI company is just uh, incredible and it changed <laughs> on a monthly cadence. Uh, some companies are popping in, some are popping out. Uh, I think where the one that will be able to be there for the long term need either to get access to unique data and then they can really build a moat and build unique value uh, mm -hmm. to potential customer or they need to have unique technology uh, that really make their model better than the other model. Um, it, it's a very tough space to, to compete. Uh, we have companies like Microsoft and Google and Meta who open source some of their model. Um, so if you're a small company, you can't really compete on open sourcing new model and having unique models. So the best is to have access to, to unique data. Again, if you can go to um, to spaces that are data poor, get access to this data, then train model on this data. It opens up a lot of uh, scenarios for creating value that, that I think are, are really exciting for generative AI. Uh, otherwise, uh, I suspect there will be a lot of consolidation happening in the market at some point where the yeah, company will get together uh, and, and really strengthen themselves. Yes. Yeah. I, I love that. I think it's, uh, you, you're right. Whether on the top of a height train or kind of the bottom of a curve, there's certainly that feeling in the market. There's a, a consolidation or period of reflection about to happen. And I think what happens from that point onwards is going to be very exciting. I know that you and Domino, you know, Data Lab are, are very well positioned to capitalize on that. So yeah, you've offered some great insight and I've, I've really enjoyed the discussion and, uh, Arma, you've uh, offered up your time this morning. So thanks so, so much for coming on. It's been a uh, yeah, really, really interesting discussion. No, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed the, the conversation. Yeah, likewise. Thanks so, so much and have a, have a great morning. You too. Take care. Thank you.